Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII originally came out for the PlayStation Portable, aka the PSP, on March 25th, 2008 in North America, and on September 13th, 2007 in Japan. Like everyone else at that time, I was a fan of the series Final Fantasy and Final Fantasy VII growing up as a kid, playing it on the PlayStation 1. So when there was announced that there was going to be a prequel, not only of Final Fantasy VII, but of one of the characters, Zack Fair, telling his backstory and being familiar with the story in Final Fantasy VII and everything that leads up to it, was pretty much a very exciting notion for a lot of fans of not only Final Fantasy, but of Final Fantasy VII. We would finally see how this character that we knew not too much of, his backstory, his telling, how he got to know characters like Cloud, Sephiroth, Aerith, and everything. But what we didn't know was what was to come and what was to happen in the future with Crisis Core itself. Welcome, everybody, to this special episode of Third Party Control Podcast. Today we'll be examining not only Crisis Core, but the re-release of Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion for the PlayStation 4 and PS5. But before we dive into that, let's talk a bit about the PSP portable version. I was there day one, excited to play this title, excited to find out everything about Zack Fair and his adventure leading up to what happens in FF7. The PlayStation Portable was Sony's first ever handheld system. And there were games that came out, but I would say Crisis Core to me was one of the first big titles for that handheld, but something that was exclusive at the time only for the PSP. You were only able to play this. Now, leading up to this, the PSP was kind of a marvel. Like, it was something that graphically was superior to Nintendo's DS system at the time. And graphically it looked nice, but the game itself, Crisis Core, it played okay. It was during a time where Square, Square Enix did not fully embrace action hack and slash. Now you might be saying, well, Jesse, what about Kingdom Hearts? What about that title that has hack and slash action moments and which is true and but what i mean by embracing hack and slash by embracing that type of combat i mean for the final fantasy series because that type of combat when you played it on the psp it was a bit slower it was technically an action game but it was an rpg so the mechanics were very slow so when you would hit attack it would take a few seconds and then you would attack and it was a basic hack to me good example is that square enix as a company was afraid to deviate from final fantasy's past of turn-based rpg now we had titles already like final fantasy final fantasy 12 which deviated from its gameplay formula into more of like kind of an mmo type of combat system so it, it was changing up how things played in the Final Fantasy series, but I think it still had a core of a type of RPG turn-based system because there was a lot of mechanics and character customization where you can actually customize your characters to perform and act in a certain way instead of you controlling them, either a person you're controlling or your uh, computer AI. 
So it was during a time where Square was kind of trying to figure stuff out and trying to kind of learn things. So it was it was it was strange, but that's how I felt about Crisis Core's combat in the PSP version, which was more them kind of afraid to do it. So giving, I guess, I don't want to say it's the best of both worlds because I felt like it didn't really do that well, where it was kind of like, okay, we're going to give you some RPG elements and kind of action, but not really because it's slow action and like a button press is like your action happens two seconds later. So that's the closest, but Kingdom Hearts is completely different. So basically all I'm saying is it wasn't great, right? It wasn't fantastic. I think to me, and I'll be 100% honest, this came out, I still have my copy of Crisis Core from the day I purchased it, but I never finished it. Not because I didn't like it, not because I hated it, I was a bit upset with the combat, even though like previews and magazines or on, on the internet were saying like, oh, it's this type of combat, but they never said it was an action hack and slash. I was hoping for it, and I thought it was something that would really work for a portable, and let's be honest, it is not fantastic when it comes to the combat side, but really the the main focus, the main to me, which was really exciting was to find out the story of Zach Fair, to find out everything that had happened. But everything else in this PSP version from the graphics, which again, like I said, very impressive for a handheld, voice acting, everything about it was awesome. But I'll be 100% honest, I started it, and there's missions that you can do in the game itself. And I got kind of, not obsessed, but I'm a big fan of level grinding. I'm a level grinding whore, basically. If I could grind and get my character pretty high in levels ahead of time, I'll take advantage of that and I'll have fun doing that. It's just something I like to do. So to me, some of those missions were level grinding, getting things early, getting extra you know, items, potions, things like that. But also, when it comes to the combat, there was a slot system. You had to select things with the left and right trigger, because you have to remember, with the PSP, you only had one thumbstick, your basic square, triangle, X, and circle button, uh, start select, and left and right trigger. That was it. It wasn't like a left and right thumbstick. It didn't have L1, L2, R1, R2. It was limited in what it could do, so you had to cycle through commands, choosing potions, choosing attacks, choosing different materials with the left and right triggers, which made the combat, again, it was all about the combat slow, so it did bring me back, basically. I got into the mission stuff, but from there, I didn't get far enough, so far enough for the story, and I put the PSP version of Crisis Core aside and always said, one day, one day I will continue this i will finish it and i will beat it days turned into months months turned into years and we're at where we're at today which is crisis core final fantasy 7 reunion but with the announcement it was finally time to play this game not only for the technical first time but completing it but graphically upgraded and hopefully, at that time when they announced it, hopefully the combat's better. Because that was up in the air. They didn't really confirm it, but they didn't really not confirm it. So with this, with the announcement of this title coming to PS4 and PS5, it was exciting. But what was more exciting was getting the confirmation that combat was improved. Combat, more traditional action hack and slash, which over the years, Square has gotten 
more accustomed to and it's been more implemented now into Final Fantasy as a series with games like Final Fantasy 15 and the upcoming Final Fantasy 16. And this is what this episode's about. And I wanna talk about my experience and what I thought of Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion. gonna go through all the bells and whistles the main large story itself i think i'm just mainly gonna talk about combat what i enjoyed about the story and if this is what i expected or better than what i thought because they did hack and slash combat similar close to what Final Fantasy VII Remake did. Final Fantasy VII Remake moved from the turn-based RPG combat of Final Fantasy VII more into an action hack and slash, and it was fun. I enjoyed it. It was great. And Crisis Core for PS5 is close to it. Not very similar, but close to it. And they upgraded the materia system in this. It's easier to select things, do combat, uh, select your potions, do your actions. All that stuff is insanely improved being able to move the camera with the right stick all that stuff but at its core crisis core itself combat wise not only is it fun but you're more invested and you're more intrigued by it, it unlike when i played it on psp where it's slower and it didn't motivate me to keep going oh man did i get invested oh man did i get invested in doing all those missions now a lot of the missions are fucking repetitive and there's the same thing over and over again but because the combat itself was fun because messing around with materia fusing materia doing the side stuff getting extra things basically leveling up ahead of time and and, and getting materia uh, materials ahead of time it just it's fun to grind it's the grinding aspect of rpgs or even action rpgs that i really enjoy and i really did enjoy that in crisis core now over time, it did get repetitive though. It did, you know, it got a little boring here and there, but there was a moment I did stop doing the missions because I was like, okay, now it's time to progress, it's time to go. Some missions were pretty hard or I cheesed a lot of the missions. But I'm happy to say that the combat was so much improved over the original on PSP. And oh, trust me, after I was done, I went back and I played that combat. And you know what? It's not as horrible, but damn, you can tell the difference. It is not as fast and action-y as the new Crisis Core PS5. But yeah, you, you do see the difference. You can't tell me going back to the original is like, it's as good as the new one combat-wise. It's like, oh, dude, come on. I can't stress that enough that the combat was fun. Uh, it's not as deep to me personally as the remake, 7 Remake was, but it wasn't, it wasn't horrible either. But it was great. It was fun. It was awesome. Uh, also having the system of the memories, kind of like the roulette wheel of when you meet people, you would get these little slices of memories that you would remember. And it was a cool little little memory that Zack had with a certain character or characters. And you got to see it play out. 
there were multiple multiple times you would get it, but you know you could skip through those and stuff. And then you also had your material where you can summon certain summons. Uh, when it came to missions, they were basic, they were simple, they were quick, and there's a reason why for that. You also have to remember that this game was a portable, and when they make these games, when they make these portable games, they have to keep in mind that the player is doing small sessions playing on a portable handheld. It's not like when you're home and you have the time invested and you're playing for hours. Crisis Core, at its core, pun intended, is a portable game. So it has portable aspects to the game. So that's why you had these little tiny missions so people can just go in and out and play quickly. And, you know, pause their game, put their, game, their handheld to sleep and stuff like that. So that's still a core aspect to it. I mean, don't get me wrong. You can continue playing. You can continue going through the game. But the gameplay itself is in chunks. Is in chunks and is in also in chapters. Which is familiar with any regular home console single player game. But for a, a portable handheld, you do feel the linear nature of it. But I don't think, for me, it doesn't deviate from the game itself. It worked. And I think maybe it, my my... Me being aware that it was a portable is more forgiving to, in that linear aspect and that shortness to certain game missions, but also to certain story elements of the game itself. Yeah, when it comes to combat, everything, I thought it was great. jumping too much into the story or going into everything that happened in the story. I'm just going to say it is very slow in the beginning. But to me, I, I like slowness, whether it's in a story, a TV show, a video game, if it's done correctly. Now, everything about learning about Zach Fair, but not only that, his mentor, Angeal. You also get to know a little bit more about Sephiroth and see how he is as a figure in Soldier. You also get to see things with Cloud and how Cloud is introduced into this and also gets to know Zack and meet Zack. Aerith, you get to know more about her. I think for me, the biggest thing that I can care a fucking... I don't give a shit. Genesis. I fucking hated every moment with Genesis. Genesis was also... I don't know, man. When it came to Angeal, Sephiroth, Genesis, that whole thing... I don't know, I just felt like I get why he's there, but I feel he's a, I don't know, I just don't like it. I don't like a lot of the dumb shit he would talk about. He was big on the Loveless, I think it was like the play and quotes. He would say things like, Infinite in mystery is the gift of the goddess. We seek it thus and take to the sky. Ripples form on the water's surface. The wandering soul knows no rest. Look, there's people out there that like him, like this character. I just don't. I, I rather would have preferred more things with Angeal, Sephiroth. Just more of that instead of some of this loveless Genesis fucking symbolism bullshit. I don't know. 
I didn't like it. Every time he fucking talked, I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I even think Zach a couple of times is like, what the f what is going on? What are you talking about? What's going on here? I told you, you can't live on that side anymore. My friend, do you fly away now to a world that abhors you and I? Shut up! All that awaits Shut you. Shut up! Then I know that for a long time there was a Crisis Core ended up being a title that was only on PSP and was never re-released, never came out, I mean, before until now. And a lot of people were saying they can't do it. They can't re-release this because Genesis is based on a real guy in Japan who's a singer, songwriter, actor... And a lot of people were saying they can't do it because it's his likeness and they can't repay him or he won't allow it or I don't know. There was all this stuff. I don't know what the whole thing about it is, but all I got to say is I don't like that character. It's a boring ass character. Uh, they're they're going to find some meaning. I'm pretty sure there's going to be some meaning for him or a reason. Maybe I missed all the meanings and reasons in Crisis Core for this character. I'm pretty sure there is, but... As a character himself, I would have gladly, gladly got rid of him and focused on Angeal. Angeal, Sephiroth, Zack, all three of them. Just all their meaning together, you know? How Zack looked up to Angeal, the honor that Angeal had, him having the Buster Sword and not using it for any reason. Like, he did not use that weapon. Just symbolism and everything, the honor that he taught Zack, it's there in the game, but I would have rather have, have had that than have Genesis. Like, take out Genesis, just have it be Angeal Sephiroth, have that character. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's some sort of Genesis Sephiroth thing or whatever. I know Genesis is trying to look because he's decaying and so is Angeal. I know all that shit, but get that fucking shit out of I don't know. There's probably going to be some sort of main fucking meaning for it all, but... I just didn't like Genesis. I'm trying to find more shitty ass quotes. Let's find it. We are monsters. <gasps> we have neither dreams nor honor. Look, I know he's basing it on the loveless thing. Ah, oh, man, this character fucking sucks. Sorry. I would have been glad if get rid of him. More Angeal stuff, more Sephiroth stuff. But it is what it is, right? It's what it is. It doesn't matter. And there's people who like him. Whatever. That's all good. But for me, that was like the main fucking boring shit. Anytime he was on there, I did not dig it. I did not enjoy it. But once he was kind of out of the picture, I really did like a lot of the stuff with Angeal. I liked a lot of the stuff with Zack. And just... I think what I appreciated more in the game as a whole, we finally got to see who Zack was. We got to see who he was as a character. Because in the original Final Fantasy VII, you get to know this is the character that Cloud technically took, not willingly, but like kind of took on his, his story, his kind of persona. Because I felt that Cloud was more of an embodiment of who Zack was. But going more into this game... I really did enjoy who Zack was as a character as a whole. He's completely different than who Cloud is. Cloud is in Final Fantasy VII. Cloud is more to himself, kind of a dick, quiet, but does have the honor. But Zack is more upbeat, ready to go, out to be a hero. And I think that's what I really loved about Zack, is him wanting to be a hero. 
wanting to be the best of what Soldier is, wanting to kind of take on what Angeal's notions were for having honor and being honorable. I really did enjoy that. I really did like how Zack was his own character. It just wasn't a carbon copy of what Cloud was. And again, Cloud technically is a carbon copy, or I assumed he was a carbon copy of who, who Zack was. But no, they kind of did show that Zack was a bit different too, even in the original Final Fantasy VII. But as the years went on, I just kind of just assumed that's what it was. But I did enjoy how upbeat and how heroic Zack was. Because you see it throughout the game. You see how he was, how caring he was with people. It was just something to kinda, that, that was cool and solidified Zack as his own character in crisis core in the world in the story of final fantasy 7 as a whole it was also cool to see kind of the introduction of um how was eris a part of it how did zach know them how was their relationship how far was their relationship how far did their relationship go and in this you kind of see it as like well for me it was a tragic love story right because it was a story it was a love that didn't happen it was missed. They were getting to know each other. Zack met Aerith. Aerith met Zack. And it was this communication, this conversation, this getting to know each other. But it didn't go any farther than that because of the events that occurred in Nibelheim. Everything that happened with Sephiroth. We got to see more of that. You get to see the the beginning of it. The, the start of, of that soon or could have been relationship with Aerith and Zach. to finally see how Zack ended up meeting Cloud because Cloud was just a basic soldier not a soldier but he was just a basic grunt for the Shinra Corporation he wanted to be soldier he he grew up wanting to be people like Sephiroth the number one soldier Sephiroth it was cool to see a mission that Cloud was in with Zack how they've kind of bonded they bonded by being small town people from small towns they both laughed at each other like oh you're from here yeah i'm from here it was cool it was the beginning of that it was cool to see zach his own character him being his own character and cloud kind of being that person like oh shit this is a this is a person who's in soldier like this is exciting this is it's crazy i'm, I'm, I'm talking to him and he's being very helpful and and it was it was also really nice and kind of sweet to kind of see zach be like no nah, you you can be soldier like just work at it man like try hard he wasn't like an asshole you know he wasn't like Sephiroth or probably Genesis or whatever I don't think Angeal would have been this way either but to where like they would dismiss him it's like oh this is just these are just people who have to follow us who were just basic little troops and stuff that they don't matter but it, it was kind of nice and kind of cool to see Zach kind of being like hey man like yeah you can do it like you try hard man you can do it you can be soldier too and and it kind of it was kind of cool to see Cloud just be, I don't know, like in a way hopeful. You know, he was encouraged. You know, he tried so hard, but he just didn't make it. But to see someone who made it, like Zack, kind of 
motivating him was you see where that friendship could happen, right? It wasn't just a forced thing in a story where you're just like, well, we got to make them cool. So how do we make them cool? This little thing. It could take five minutes. It could take one minute. It could just take one part of dialogue, but them kind of talking about their hometown and Cloud's aspiration of wanting to be a first class soldier. Zach just being supportive of that was you could see where a friendship could happen where it, it starts you know because it was a mission that cloud was assigned to with zach you know they don't see each other for a while and so when they're assigned another mission zach is excited to see him zach didn't forget him he's like oh cloud oh do cloud that was cool man it, it, it's in knowing what comes next you know and knowing what happens there was still enough time to kind of build that no matter how small it, it could take a dialogue it could take a, a moment it could take an event and, and it was multiple ones to where i was just like yeah this is how they became friends this is how they knew each other and and it was it was cool i liked it and that leads us into their next mission which was nibelheim and if you didn't know what that was before or knew that from previous final fantasy 7 you know this is where shit goes down this is where sephiroth loses his fucking mind this is where Tifa's dad dies. This is where Cloud, Zack, everything that happens. And at that time, we only knew a good chunk of it, but not everything. And I will say this, though. I will say this. The Nibelheim moment is really cool in Crisis Core. But I wanted more. It was weird. I really wanted more. I wanted to see more. I wanted more stuff to happen. But it, I think it was just probably what we needed to know but i don't know there was just something a part a part of me in the nibelheim part in this crisis core that i wanted a bit more now i think it was fine how it was but i just wanted more what was it i don't know i think i wanted more time with tifa i think i wanted more time with cloud i think i wanted more more of this and that but what we got was a f sufficient enough but yeah we got to see all that we got to see the weight of everything we got to see Zack saying goodbye because he knew that this was going to be a mission. He didn't know when he was going to come back. He said goodbye to Eris. But I think what really got me was the notion of just when the confrontation between Sephiroth, Zack, Cloud, Sephiroth, we finally get to see it played out. But I think what really makes this important, what really made that part work for me was to finally get the notion of just like, Oh shit. After all this shit went down, Nibelheim got burned down and then they escaped the mansion. Zack helps Cloud escape and Cloud has Mako poisoning. There was that moment they get to Nibelheim expecting to see this burnt out husk of a town because it was burned down by Sephiroth going crazy. Finally learning about where he's from, uh, Genova, Hojo, all that bullshit. But the one line that first confused me and then it hit me where he's just like, what happened? I saw the town. The town was fine. I assumed, oh, shit. Shinra came in here, fixed it all up to hide it. But they find out four years have passed. I just assume, I just assumed some stupid shit. But I was like, oh, they were experimented on for four years. And that's what happened to Cloud. That's what happened to Zack. Four years went by. And they escaped. They escaped Nibelheim. They escaped soldiers trying to go after them because Hojo wanted them. Hojo was experimenting on them for those four years. I also, I forgot about 
and I think I'm pronouncing her her name right, Sisini. She's one of the Turks. She's a new Turk that I didn't know of that I think was introduced in Before Crisis portable game that was only in Japan. Anyway, a mobile portable game. Uh, I liked her. I liked her introduction. I liked her chemistry with Zack and stuff. I liked her. She she helped them escape and kind of get some distance between Shinra and Zack and Cloud. And Zack's main thing was to go see Eris again. He wanted to go see her. I mean, I think it basically brings us to our point of finally seeing the final... Boy, oh boy. The price of freedom is steep. <laughs> Embrace your dreams. And, whatever happens, protect your honor. As soldier! Come and get it! We all know what's up, what's going to happen. We all know what's coming. Being fans of Final Fantasy VII, we know that Zack dies. They get hunted down. They get killed by the Shinra troops. What Crisis Core does so great is... You get to learn who these characters are. You get to know who Zack is. You get to know the relationship between Zack, Cloud, Angeal, everything. The main thing, you get to know who Zack is. And I can't stress it enough how important it is, how important it was in this game to know who this character is. His hopes, his ambitions, his dreams, what he wanted to be, how he wanted to be a hero, his honor, everything. And to the last moment... He's finding all those Shinra's troops. And at what I thought they did so amazing, whereas there was the roulette wheel of all the memories and you're starting to see all his memories. How I took it was all of Zack's memories going, fading. And the last thing is there's three troops, three final troops. And you're fighting throughout this whole game. You're playing the combat, becoming the strongest person you are. And he spends all day up until the night fighting these last three. And you can barely move. You can barely defend yourself. And at that moment, I was streaming the whole game. And at that moment, you have the, the wheel spinning, and the last images you see are of Aerith. Hello. <laughs> Don't worry. Uh-huh. That's right. But Wanna hear? Not scary Work at all. Stuff? Will I see you again? I'll be here. And that... To me, they did perfect. Like... A part of you, knowing what's gonna happen, you're just like, maybe, maybe, like, you know, you want to be able to change the outcome, but you know you can't, but you want to. I was streaming it and thinking that whole time, like, shit, I'm gonna fucking cry on stream. I was thinking, because they, they, it worked, man. What, what these developers did, they, they got me in the feels, bro. They got me in the feels. And I was thinking, shit, I can't fucking cry on stream. 
but they did it man they it, it worked they the emotions they wanted to hit everything it it they aligned it perfectly and then the next scene you see is cloud crawling to to zach zach talks to cloud gives him the buster sword pushes it and then out of nowhere you just hear some japanese music it, oh, it got it got me out of it dude i no longer wanted to cry so i didn't cry on stream because there was just that japanese j-pop song or something and i was like ah oh, man it kind of killed it for me it was great it was it, 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 when it came down to it it was great it was good it take uh, I for me I need I need more I wanted more and not more I wanted less is what I'm saying I wanted less it, you know what and it, it it's good as it is it's it's good right fine there were some things I didn't enjoy I didn't it shouldn't have had that song for me personally it kind of took me out of the emotional part I would have preferred less talk with Zach and more of a uh, maybe a few lines and then he pushes the Buster Sword to Cloud pushes it to cloud symbolizing instead of vocalizing it's your turn it's you your turn take my honor all that stuff and i would have been cool without cloud screaming i'm more of a fan of a uh, uh, less is more personally to me but hey that's how they wanted to end it that's how the creators that's how the the writers and stuff wanted to end it that way that's cool it's no more or less didn't ruin anything but i would have preferred it's all basically preferred if you liked it if you thought it was great that's awesome i didn't hate it but I, for me it's just like i wanted them to make me just fucking tear up and burst out you know crying uh someone i know <laughs> told me they they had cried and and uh it was cool to hear that i was like that's awesome you know it, it affects people in different ways and i was almost there for real, they had me up until the screaming. Yeah, right when Cloud screams and then the Japanese song, J-pop-ish song happens, I was out of it. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion was awesome. Do I regret not playing the original PSP version? No. I, I still want to go through the original, but I had so much fun with this version, the reunion on PS5. I really did enjoy it. Not a perfect game. I, I think a lot of the Genesis stuff wasn't great. It was super bloated. Um, I think the beginning half it starts off cool then the stuff after that's kind of boring but it really picks up i mean that again it's personal but I, I liked a lot of characters they introduced i liked you know except for genesis he fucking sucks i don't care he sucks genesis is dumb i don't like him it was great i had i had so much fun playing through it i really enjoyed it you know it's a continuation it's a story that's important and I think what I like the most about it is setting up who Zack is as a character. Because Zack is his own character. Cloud is his own character. And you get to see all 
the the start of everything, the branching points of things, where it goes. So I really enjoyed it. I had a great time with it. Out of everything, the important thing was, and what I really liked about it, was just know Zack as a character. Because Zack is now, for me, his own unique character. He's not Cloud. He's not Sephiroth. He's not Angeal. He's sure as hell not Genesis. Zack Fair is a hero. My friend, do you fly away now? To a world that abhors you and I? Shut up! All that awaits Shut you- Shut up!